0: Hoping that you've all had thoroughly fungible end-of-year breaks, welcome to Hand of Pod. Welcome one and all to episode 416 of the internet's longest running Argentine football podcast. We're back for 2022 and I'm Sam Kelly. I'm joined for this first in the new year episode. I was going to say new year episode, but really four weeks nearly into the year. That doesn't sound quite right um, by Santi.
1: Hey. Welcome back. And Santi. happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year to you as well. Yeah um i mean well this reminded me you know uh have you ever seen the the tv show curve Enthusi- enthusiasm i I've, i wasn't a big
0: um watcher of it my, my brother had the box set um oh, all really? right so he'll be more familiar with it if he's listening to this
1: yeah i thing is, uh because when j- just when you mentioned you know the, the happy new year greetings and stuff uh, there's I, I think there's this bit uh, where larry david says that like There's something like a statute of limitations to to say Happy New Year to people like that ends about on the 4th and we're in on the 26th.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, in hand of pod terms, this is the first day of the year. So Happy New yeah, Year, everyone. Um, we are a little bit of housekeeping, first of all. Obviously, you expect us to come back normally uh, with a preview of the upcoming season or the upcoming half season, depending on what kind of calendar the app is operating on this year. Um, this year, however, we've got some South American World Cup qualifiers starting before the Argentine domestic season. So what Santi and I are going to do today is give you a preview of Argentina's two matches coming up against Chile uh, on Thursday evening, which of course is tomorrow because we're recording this on Wednesday, but will be today by the time this goes online. Uh, and a home to Colombia. Is it Tuesday next week, Santi? It is, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So we're going to preview those two matches. And then if you are a Patreon supporter, you will be getting a little bit of a, I guess we could call it a sneak preview um, of our main domestic season preview, uh, because Santi and I will record a very quick one of those for our Patreon supporters before, obviously in a few weeks' time. Whoever is involved in that recording uh, will do a a more in-depth one. Um, So national team stuff. And as usual, we get to this bit. And I realised that I haven't got the list of the, the squad list open, uh, which I found um, last very, night.
1: Very mind. There's been several changes to that squad for different reasons.
0: Yes, indeed. One thing to mention straight away, straight out the gate, is that Argentina will be travelling to Chile uh, without their manager or their assistant manager because Lionel Scaloni and Roberto Aschala. Have both no it's a matter it's it's of course yeah 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 uh, i will uh, manage to decide with someone.
1: yes and, thank uh, you
0: um so leonard Sc- scaloni and pablo aymar have both tested positive um apparently scaloni has already been through the uh the the necessary number of days in isolation that he, he's allowed to do stuff now in argentina but he's still testing positive Uh, And you need a negative test to be able to enter Chile at the moment. And that means that, uh, as Santi just mentioned, tomorrow, Walter Samuel and Roberto Aschana will be taking charge of the team uh, against Chile on Thursday evening. Um, Alexis McAllister has also tested positive, so won't be travelling to Chile And uh, Emiliano Buendia is a close contact, I I think. He's not actually tested positive, but has been in close contact with somebody who is, I'm assuming he's been sharing a room with McAllister, possibly, or something like that. Um, But that's complete guesswork on my part. I've not read it anywhere, so don't quote me. Um, Yeah, that's that. Anyway, the big absences are Lionel Messi, who, uh, as I think we kind of, hinted was probably going to happen when we last recorded, if I remember rightly, uh, has been left out this time. Obviously, Argentina already qualified for the World Cup. There's no need to get him to fly are halfway you, are around you the world. Me
1: that, um, are you telling me that Hand of God actually produced uh, some breaking news before any of this ever happened?
0: I think it was already being
1: discussed uh, and we were trying to
0: work out whether it was actually something that was going to happen or whether he'd insist on playing anyway and, and came down on the side that he probably wasn't going to insist too much. Um and he hasn't done. Uh so he stayed in Paris to try and get match fit. He's also not played for like a month and a bit or something, hasn't he? Because he got COVID and uh um was on on well he was on holiday and then got COVID. Um Christian Romero has not traveled because he's only come back to training with Spurs very recently. Exequiel Palacios uh is out injured with uh, by a Leverkusen, so he's not travelled. Nicolas Dominguez is not in the squad. Juan Foyt has a some injury or other, uh, so also hasn't travelled. And Joaquín Correa was called up, um, but got injured last week, uh, so has not been. He, he's been uncalled up. So the ones who so was uh, Guillermo Rodriguez that you didn't mention. Oh, I didn't. No, I'm just going off the say sports page that I've got in front of me. To be honest. Uh, so
1: thank you for Diego that. Yo Rodriguez one. also tested positive for COVID-19 before traveling, just like uh, Alexis Mac Allister, and has also missed the, the game. Cool. Uh,
0: so the squad. Um, I'm going to just name the list in front of me, and if I we'll see whether I remember to leave out the ones who aren't included, who <laughs> I've just named: Franco Armani, Esteban Entrada, Emiliano Martinez, and Juan Musso are the goalkeepers. Uh, the defenders who've been called up are Nahuel Molina, Gonzalo Montiel, Lucas Martínez Cuarta, Germán Petzela, Nicolás Otamendi, Lisandro Martínez, Nicolás Tagliafico, uh, and Marcos Acuña. The midfielders are Nicolás González, Lucas Ocampos, Leandro Paredes, Guido Rodriguez. so Santi's just told us, he's not going to be in the squad, Rodrigo de Paul, Giovanni Lo Celso, Alejandro Gómez, Alexis McAllister, who isn't traveling to Chile, but might be available for uh, the Colombia match. Emiliano Buendia, who isn't traveling to Chile, but might be available for the Colombia match. And the uh, ugh, that was a, a mix of me saying Ángel Di Maria and then deciding to say no, and first of all, and the forwards, Ángel Di Maria, Ángel Correa, Julián Álvarez, who's still a River Plate player for now, Lautaro Martínez and Maxi Mesa back in the squad. You must be pleased about that last name, Santi. Former not, please. You
1: know? not, not exactly please, <laughs> but puzzles, actually. Puzzle actually, actually.
0: like how? Well, he did really? such a like, sterling job last time he was in the national team, didn't he?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, actually I think I, I've been researching about it uh, in the last few weeks and I think he hasn't been even called up for the national team since he left the Independiente. Mm. Not a single time, so it's, it's really, really shocking.
0: Yeah, it's quite a surprise. And of course, uh, at the time, I remember, I think it was before you got involved with, with Handle Pod, sli- just slightly possibly. Um, but he was called up by Pauli for the 2018 Well, Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he played. Already, it's already nearly yeah. four years ago. How's that happened? This pandemic really hasn't I, I keep thinking it's two years ago. I'm already gearing up for the next one. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I, at the time, you know, when, when the call-up actually happened... The, the response, if I remember rightly, on among the Hand of Pod regular panellists then was that he'd had a cracking season. He maybe wasn't quite really good enough for the national team, but we could see why he'd been called out because he'd been in really good form. Um, but he was just terrible in, in the two friendlies. I think he got chances um, prior to that World Cup and then in the World Cup itself, thoroughly pedestrian and his form fell off a cliff after that as well. He was never... You know, at least from what we heard, for Independiente, he never looked much good again. And then he went to Monterrey and um, he's not been particularly visible from the point of view of archer Time football, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially considering the fact that, um, you know, there's also been some players uh, like uh, Manuel Lanzini who play in the same position as him and also are having a really cracking season mm. in a much higher level, you know, in uh, Actually, breaking into uh, the starting eleven of a Premier League side that are pushing for Champions League football, like West Ham, as weird as that phrase is to say in 2022, but that that's how things are in 2022. Uh, and he hasn't he hasn't even gotten a sniff. Same for same for um, Giovanni Simeone, who's I think the third highest scorer in all of Serie. A. With Elas Verona aside the, the Torre mid table, mm. uh, and someone who has already been called by Scaloni before in the in the earliest stages of his uh, of his tenure, yeah, he scored one of the very first goals of the of the Scaloniera, and still, and even considering the fact that Joaquín Correa was you know the one that got injured, and um, and now Lautaro has no backup. He still decided to call up Maximisa, which is puzzling, to say the least. Yeah. Um,
0: Really, really bizarre. I mean, he is a teammate of uh, Esteban Andrada, of course, at Monterrey. So perhaps Scaloni has been watching Monterrey. You would hope he has. I I hope he's not called up two of their players without having seen them play. Um, But beyond that, I'm, I'm, I'm... struggling a bit to, to see what he's going to learn. You know, I mean, we know that there are various players. I've, I've, I've listed the ones who aren't involved, who, who are considered regulars um, already, who are going to be in the World Cup squad, you know, as long as they're fit and can be called up. Um, and Mesa surely isn't going to break his way into that. So I don't really know what you learn from calling him up when he's, what, 29 years old, something like that. Um, over... Perhaps giving a one of the local kids, you know, a, a go. Somebody who's been impressive. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking like you know, Benjamin Rolheiser or something for from River. But you know, somebody who's just had a really well, good season a, in the local I, league.
1: I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Rolheiser has been in in a form in a patch of form warranting a national team call up. No, no, nor do I. But, but I mean, it, uh, it was
0: it was the first name that came to mind after a month and a bit of not watching any local league football. Partly because I was looking at Julian Alvarez's name on the list just as I saw it and oh, a yeah. oh, yeah, teammate of his. I mean, but you know, like was a chance calling, to up, use, uh, calling up a 19, 20 year old who might actually have a future in the national team rather than somebody. Mother, who, maybe. Yeah, you know, um, it seems a little bit strange, but uh, it's another one of those situations where we have to remind ourselves that, that we're not the national team manager, that Lionel Scaloni <laughs> is. And that much as, you know, the Alpha makes some very silly decisions, there is a reason that he's. Coaching a national football team, and we're just sitting around there criticizing him.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also uh, I remember like uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, do you remember like um, the fir- the very first names to be you know uh, listed as called up, uh, which were you know uh, leaked by the by their own clubs, which I think uh, it was a situation where the clubs confused uh, the concept of being called up to being called up in a. In a in a short list, I think, yeah, for the the actual list, and you know, we we had names like Giovanni Simeone and Edwin Perez and Mesa uh, and Lanzini. We were all thinking that, um, well, first of all, that they would be actually called up, and second, that, uh, that Scaloni was probably going to use this this opportunity to actually try out some new players in in some positions to. To see how they how they fare and whether they could break into a, a hypothetical national team squad and then we actually saw the the players he, he did select and it's all the usual suspects so i think the message that uh, this this list is sending is that scaloni in all likelihood has his 23 uh, man squad for the world cup yeah almost 95 percent decided and, then, and that he's just going to stick to his guns and try to consolidate this team as much as he can, this this base of players, um, in order to arrive in the best possible shape to, to the national team, which I respect. And uh, but I do not think I exactly agree because I think there are a couple key areas where Argentina probably have some good status but do not have a lot of depth. And uh, maybe it was a great opportunity to see players like, you know, Buendia and McAllister try to, you know, um, state their cases to to break into that squad. But now, unfortunately, uh, other circumstances have uh, taken the chance away, which is really, really unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Hopefully they, they get a negative test or whatever they need to be allowed to play against Colombia. Because um, I was thinking very much the same thing. And actually you've, you've, Segueed very nicely without realising it into um, the poll results because for the first time I've decided to use Patreon's um, polling um, facility to consult our Patreon supporters. I'm going to try to do this once a month. There's the only the closest thing you'll ever get from me to a New Year's resolution this year. I'm going to try and do one poll a month and, and we'll read out the results. Um, from it on on the podcast and uh this question was who our patreon supporters think should replace lionel messi for this world cup double header given that the experiment's going to be happening anyway uh and i chucked five names from the squad list just looking down it quickly and uh before reading about McAllister and buendia being out with covid because i was doing this last night um and the results are in. Lucas Ocampos and Rodrigo de Paul didn't get any uh, votes at all. Uh, Alejandro Gómez led the voting with 63%. Alexis Macalister picked up 13% of the votes, which, looking at how many votes were cast, I think means one person voted for him. And Emiliano Buendía picked up 25%, which would mean that two people voted for him. Um, so five people voted for Alejandro Gómez because there were eight votes in total. Um and that seems likely to be, I mean, even if Macalister and Buendia have been fit to play tomorrow, uh, that seems likely to me to be what's most likely going to happen, right? That Papu Gomez is going to be the number 10 and he's going to be charged with doing the stuff that Lionel Messi normally does for the team if there is a direct replacement on the pitch for him.
1: Actually, I think that's going to be Ivala. Um, He seems to be poised to start in Messi's position exactly, you know, is he in the squad, Dybala? Yes,
0: yes, he is. No, he's not in the list I just read out.
1: He's in the squad <laughs> and he's he's like poised to start, actually. Oh ah, well, okay. You completely so this, missed him from the from the poll as well. Yeah, well, the, the list I
0: read was published at 9:30 three days ago, 9:30 in the evening, and Pablo Di Bella's name is not there. So that's good really? work from today, so... <laughs> um, so right there we go well apologies to our Patreon supporters then for not giving them that option and making them look a, a bit silly but you don't really look silly because you can only vote on what I ask you to vote on um, <laughs> right well if if Di is in the team then that makes all the difference doesn't it he's going to be brilliant because he's always so ground movingly excellent for Argentina when he gets a chance that's sarcasm well you remember the last time he
1: played instead of Messi
0: uh, oh, he actually did charge down um, a loose ball and then set a goal up, didn't he? He's still against. Against Uruguay?
1: No, he, I think made... it was against Chile. Chile in the in the Copa America 2019.
0: Ah, uh, but he played in the last double header as well and set up a goal, which i have forgotten about. Where's well, our yeah, list of? He, uh...
1: Yeah, but he only played a few minutes of that of that game instead of you know. um Stepping up uh for most of uh of a game.
0: True, true, but he did get her an assist, which I entirely forgot. He started the game in fact. Uh when was he subbed off? I've just got Google's very crap uh match thing here. Let's see, when was he he was taken off in the 46th, so he was a halftime sub. Juan Correa, Joaquin Correa uh, replaced him at at halftime. But yeah, he set the goal up. He he, he charged something down and then tapped it to Angel Di Maria um, to score in Montevideo. Um, So I'm being a little bit harsh on him, perhaps. Maybe he is going to start being excellent for Argentina now.
1: Yeah, actually, he's also been excellent for you as well, despite the fact that he's embroiled in a a rather rather nasty uh, I think... uh, spot with Juve over his uh, his contract renewal and the fact that they don't really want him to renew mm-hmm. uh, and despite all that he's been it's been brilliant he's been an excellent form
0: yeah so I've heard
1: um,
0: so he's likely to just come in you would think then as a straight swap which means that really the the starting 11 is a pretty easy one to guess right it, it's going to look very, very similar to the starting eleven that we've seen. You know, yeah, the, exactly. The, 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 the it's going to be 11,
1: right. Yeah, the 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 rumored starting eleven in the last few hours. It's it's uh, well, it contains, of course, uh, Martinez in goal, uh, Molina Lucero actually instead of Montiel, who's playing really regularly for 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 Sevilla. Uh, then Otamendi and Lisandro Martinez uh, at centre back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcos Acuña, of course, on, on the left of the defence, then the starting uh, midfield of uh, De Paul Paredes and Lo Celso, uh, Di Maria, uh, Dybala and, of course, uh, Lautaro Martinez. Yes, yeah, so that's just the two changes then from the team that started against
0: Brazil. Uh, Cristian Romero replaced by Lisandro Martinez at centre-back and, obviously, Dybala coming in for Messi. Um it's a very settled side and it's you know that fact has has led to some really good performances last time we talked about the national team on the podcast we were looking back on the best year for the Argentine national team in you know any of our maybe not any of our lifetimes obviously but any of our memories at least Um, and yeah I mean if they can replicate something of that success this year then it'd be great wouldn't it (laughs) I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't just be replicating it, would it be? Indeed, yeah. I mean, how, how how far would they need to get in the World Cup for it to be replicating a Copa America win? With the, uh, well, you'd be talking about at least another final, wouldn't you, given that they managed that in the last World Cup, but one. Um, who knows? Who knows? A lot is going to depend on a lot of things, including, since since we're previewing, uh, the year now, as much as the, the doubleheader to come for the national team, including where Lionel Messi's head is at. He doesn't seem to have quite settled yet in PSG again. And there's been some talk I've noticed. I only really look at the headlines. I don't look at the stories themselves because they're pretty obvious clickbait in many ways. But there has been some talk of maybe a return to Barcelona uh, next season, if they can make it work, which could be interesting if he finds his happy place again you know, yeah, a few that, months before. I don't think, I don't really think that's the No, nor do I. Um, but it's an interesting one to um, dream about for Argentina fans and, and to uh, to consider. But obviously, there's a large extent to which you perhaps shouldn't go back because it's never going to be the same, is it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, there, I don't think there there's there's a lot of, uh, of Argentina fans actually wanting Messi to return to Barcelona, given, you know, that Barcelona are incredibly unpopular amongst Argentines at this moment, right now, <laughs> after everything that happened.
0: Yeah. Um, no, in, indeed, it's uh, it. It would be a surprise. I mean, it's it's not going to be a surprise if he returns to Barcelona to you know live after he retires from playing and everything. But returning for them to to play again is. Um, wouldn't be a popular move here at least uh a reminder before the two upcoming matches then of the standings uh brazil and argentina have both already qualified brazil have 35 points from 13 matches argentina have 29 points have 29 points from from 13 matches um they both of course haven't yet played one another in brazil um and as we've already mentioned several times that match now that they've both qualified probably isn't going to happen i would imagine that fifa are going to say well you know it doesn't make any difference to the standings so let's not bother because it's going to be a right pain in the ass to um find a slot for it on the calendar uh in third place are ecuador with 23 points in fourth place of colombia with 17 points and a goal difference of minus one In fifth place, which is the playoff spot, just to remind those of you who don't follow the South American qualifiers all the time, are Peru with 17 points and a goal difference of minus five. In sixth place are Chile with 16 points and a goal difference of minus one. In seventh place are Uruguay with 16 points and a goal difference of minus seven. In eighth place are Bolivia with 15 points and a goal difference of minus eight. In ninth place are Paraguay with 13 points and a goal difference of minus nine. And in 10th place, uh, Venezuela with seven points, who now with four matches to go are not mathematically out of it, but in effect, they pretty much are because there are so many teams above them who all want to play each other still that I don't know whether they can actually get through. Uh, so they might be mathematically out of it. In fact, I'm just going to correct myself. Um, but really between... Ecuador, to a slightly lesser extent, I think they'll get over the line, but between Colombia in fourth and Paraguay in ninth, there are four points and a fair goal difference gap, but with four games to go, it's still very much up for grabs, as we discussed, I think, in a hand of pot extra, didn't we, towards the end of last year. Um, Working out who's going to go through from that lot is still a bit of a fool's errand, and it might come down, possibly, to how many of them are playing Brazil and Argentina and how many, how interested Brazil and Argentina still are. Santi, do you think that, that Argentina are going to be you know, motivated in in these two matches and then their, their final two games, uh, which are in late March, are going to be at home to Venezuela and the way to Ecuador? Are they going to be going out to try and you know win these and prove something to, to Scaloni? Or do you think that the the fact that Scaloni's already pretty much decided his, his World Cup squad... It might
1: lead to a little bit of a, a lack of motivation. I mean, the, the easy answer would be why shouldn't be more motivated? After all, this is a World Cup year, mm. and uh, they they should be doing all in their power to arrive uh, arriving at in the best uh, form possible and uh, doing all the all they can to um, try and. Uh, Defend, I think their their starting position because I mean after all, uh, the World Cup is in ten months and anything can happen with ten months from now, uh, including some players losing their their place. I think I mean I know this is not a like for like comparison because I mean we're talking about two completely different people, but look at what happened uh, on the run up to the World Cup in Russia where. Uh, Gio Lo Celso, for example, was poised to be uh, the starting midfielder alongside either Lucas Viglia or Javier Mascherano, depending, depending on where Javier Mascherano was playing. Mm. And then Manuel Lanzini tore his ACL and uh, missed the World Cup. And suddenly, despite being named in the 23-man uh, squad, Lo Celso was completely out of the squad, while Enzo Perez, who was not even in the 35-man shortlist oh, yeah. and replaced Lansini in the starting lineup, in, in, sorry, replaced Lansini in the in the list, started a couple matches, despite not even being in the original 35-man shortlist. So, uh, I, I I know, as I said before, these are completely different cases. We know that Scaloni isn't... Uh, isn't uh, as chaotic as, as Sampaoli, like not at all but uh, I think it's kind of like a way to show that anything can happen and that uh, I, I the players should know that none of their places in the in the lineup are guaranteed at all and there's only one player who has their their spot guaranteed and that's not and he's not in the squad right now so this uh, should be a great opportunity for some players, especially I think uh, someone who should really benefit from all this, is Lisandro Martinez, who yeah. I expect at least to to make to state a great case for himself in the in these qualifiers to even wrestle the the left centre back uh, role with uh, with Otamendi, uh, so. I think if there's one player who's really looking at this as a unique opportunity for them, is uh, absolutely Lisandro Martinez.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And uh, in in short, it's going to be difficult for anybody to to win a place uh, in the squad. You know, I mean, Lisandro Martinez will be in the squad almost definitely for the World Cup, even if he's not necessarily in the starting lineup. Um, but there are certainly places to be lost if anybody decides to switch off at this point, or at least I hope there are. You know, if Scaloni is looking at it uh, the right way and wants his team to to remain switched on and carry on growing together. And to be honest, from what we've seen of of his his time in charge so far, I, I think that that's what I would expect from him. He's clearly uh, wants to to get the group together and to make sure that they're all working towards a common goal, to use a bit of a cliche. Um, so yeah, do we have any? By which I mean, do you have any um, news? Anything to report on either Chile or Colombia? How, how have they been preparing for these? Do you have any idea?
1: Well, of course, one of the main, uh, I think, topics uh, of discussion about this this Chile game is the fact that it's going to take place in the des in the desert, actually, in the Calama deserts. Um, Hmm. This is kind of, um, I think we we talked about this before, but this is kind of like a a measure to not just try and make things difficult for us, but also because Chile, um, after this game, will face Bolivia in La Paz, so it's kind of a way to to prepare themselves to keep playing at a high altitude, but... uh, (laughs) And this is really funny. Uh, Martín Lasarte, the, the Chile manager, Uruguayan, has, uh, has been talking to, to the press and has said something that's uh, equal times funny and a little bit pathetic, which is that um, if the high altitude is going to cause any kind of trouble for Argentina, it's better for us. Yeah.
0: Um, it's not as if Chile are particularly... I'm going to be particularly accustomed to it either is it
1: exactly like um the players have been playing in europe like in in coasts and in islands I, i'm not exactly sure how they could uh benefit from playing in in high altitude if it's not for as i said before to prepare themselves to play bolivia i don't think it should have anything to do with the fact that they're playing us mm
0: just looking, trying to get the elevation. It's two thousand two hundred meters up, according yeah, to yeah. It's Google. kind of like in Mexico. Yeah, it, it's it, it's going to be it, it's pretty high, but it's nowhere near high enough to really start seriously training for a match in La Paz a few days later. Um, yeah, it's manageable. Yeah. So I'm I'm just wondering how much benefit they're even going to get out of it from that point of view I mean we'll find out you know obviously or or, well maybe we won't find out because they might manage a win in Bolivia and it won't necessarily be because of this Uh, you know it might be that they've beaten Bolivia anyway but um, it's going to be interesting it looks like an interesting place though I'm going to have a look at the Wikipedia page later Uh, but um, that's not really 100 pod related so
1: (laughs) it's a stadium with no stands as I as I learnt a couple a couple days ago it's an all-seater Looking at a, which is oh sorry about really like, you mean no terraces, America. no no standing. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. really it's really really uncommon in South America, actually, an old seater.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're going to be selling about eight and a half thousand tickets. Uh because the stadium has a capacity of twelve thousand and they're not allowed to uh fill it because of the current COVID measures in Chile. Um so this will be the smallest crowd, I mean, outside of just complete... I've just realised it's on my television at the moment. I was looking at it on on an internet, uh, on a web page, but um, they're, they're on, i they're on at the moment as well. Um, but yeah, this will be the smallest crowd other than no crowd whatsoever that Argentina have played in front of. Oh, well, maybe not, you know, if we ignore the, uh, the Copa America final last year, which of course did have about 4,000 people in the stands or something um yeah it's going to be very strange really weird atmosphere yeah exactly there are going to be it says here 100 argentine fans present
1: as well 100
0: mm-hmm.
1: now it's uh it's up to us to see whether that hundred can be heard which i'm sure they'll make themselves heard um <laughs>
0: and in fact that that's a, a really a, a good excuse to mention as well the fact that argentina is apparently second uh, in the list of countries who asked for the most, the, the highest numbers of tickets uh, for the World Cup when the um, offers went went online a few days ago, I'm not sure whether they're still second now. But on the first day of, of the sales being open, uh, they were second in terms of applications.
1: Yeah, um, I, also, I also, you know, um, researched uh, how those, how do those numbers fare compared to to Russia. Uh, and they couldn't find exactly requests on the first day of of you know sales uh, for tickets because mm. of course we we had to take into account kind of that these are requests not actual sales yeah but uh, i got the um, well the actual sales uh, number that just says figure which is argentina were i think seventh in 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 the order of countries which bought the most tickets for for the russia world cup so it's it's uh up to us to see how do we fare in that regard once the you know the tickets actually begin to sell yeah um, whether those those requests actually become sales of course not a lot of them are going to be actual sales because i mean if they did then the stadiums would be grossly overcrowded but uh indeed. yeah
0: yeah, well, we'll see, won't we? Because I mean, the Argentine economy has been so strong over the last four years, and is such a cheap place to visit that um, there's no reason they shouldn't sell everything.
1: Absolutely, That's sarcasm
0: for you. Um, yeah. Anyway, at this point, I think we should take a very short halftime break. So, don't go away. Okay, welcome back. Um, I was hoping to have a few listeners' questions to get through now, but having put a tweet up asking for them about three or four hours ago, uh, we haven't had any. So there are no listeners' questions. Uh, I'm going to give you a... It's a great start for the year. Yep. Happy New Year, everyone. Hopefully uh, people get a bit more enthusiastic about asking again. We're normally spoiled for choice with them. Um, I'm just wondering whether we had any really old ones for oh hang on a second let me just check the hand of pod i've I've been looking on tweet deck and just realized i'm looking at my own mentions rather than the hand of pod mentions uh no we haven't had any in fact um i'm just gonna scroll down and see whether there have been any questions asked that we forgot to ask at the end of last year um predictions for the domestic campaign we'll do next week or the week after whenever we end up recording that one um no, I don't think we have. So no questions. Santi, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> We've got to get another few minutes now, otherwise the half time music's gone to waste.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never been in this situation before. <laughs> no, nor have I. <laughs> it's been what, eleven years of this podcast, and you've never reached the point where no one asks a question.
0: I think we've always had at least one at the last minute, at least in the ones where I've remembered to ask for them. Um, but in fairness, I did specify uh, in this tweet that that we're not going to be answering any questions about the domestic stuff today. Ah, uh, yeah. So, it was yeah. Just so maybe, maybe they're the just,
1: uh, yeah, maybe they're just uh, keeping those questions for until we actually make the preview of the. Of Surely the next, that's uh, La Liga.
0: Isn't it? Presumably, that's what's happening. Um, <laughs> so maybe that was a question, like
1: why are the. No questions,
0: indeed. Yeah, so in the meantime, let's go through a very brief, uh, little bit of head to head history between Argentina and Chile. Why not? Um, I did have the numbers in front of me just now, and now I don't. Where have they gone? Okay, let me go back to that page then. Um, Argentina have played Chile. 89 times, 57 victories for Argentina with six wins for Chile. It's quite a one-sided head-to-head. Do we think 57 that that's gonna... to 6. Yep, that's what it says here. And, of course, various oh. draws, in, two of those draws being the 2015 and 2016 Copa America finals, which Chile then won in a shootout. Um, 26 draws in total, in fact. Uh, and... The three of those 26 draws have been consecutive the last three times they've played in fact have have ended all square Uh, which oh hang on a second this isn't that doesn't sound right does it because Argentina beat them in the 2019 Copa America third place playoff so and in last year's Copa America in a match that oh no they didn't they drew that one didn't they I commentated on it I should remember this yeah and how about
1: the qualifiers yeah no maybe that the the first first
0: leg the first Argentina versus Chile, where is it? Um, oh bloody hell, I'm trying to scroll. Oh, down yeah, didn't we
1: draw one one? Yeah, we drew, we drew one one just before the Copa America.
0: Oh, okay, maybe it has been three consecutive draws then. Um, the only time, yeah, the
1: yeah, the, the Copa America, the, the Copa America, I think we we drew one one, and, and then the 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 and the qualifier that came before, we also drew.
0: Ah, oh, there we go, then, right. Uh, there's only been one occasion on which Chile have beaten Argentina at home, uh, apparently. This is according to Universal Football, uh, which are generally f- fairly reliable. Um, and that was the 15th of October, So over 2008 in a 2010 World Cup qualifier. So, now you know. Um, but that's a very, very one-sided head-to-head, isn't it? That's like far more one-sided than the head-to-head record between River Plate and Racing. I mean, it's really one sided um, presumably we 're fairly confident of Argentina getting another win aren 't we I mean even though they 've got less you know on the line uh, than Chile who need a win to keep up with this absolutely wild race for fourth place that 's going to be happening um, yeah. in the next couple of, of weeks uh, but I, Argentina are still the favorites for this match aren 't
1: they yeah i think I think so I mean Chile have also been Rubber. rather hit and miss in the in the recent form they have a kind of a dependency on on the goals coming from ben burton
0: hmm. uh,
1: which uh this is actually not a joke he's been on hot form for for club and country and it's it's kind of their only hope in the in a very aging squad i think uh They will be. They will also be without um, some stalwarts like Mauricio Isla and especially Arturo Vidal, who was given a three-match ban because of that. uh, I don't know if you remember it in the last uh, qualifier qualifiers. He he got an incredibly high kick for which he was given a straight red. Yeah. And he will be out for three games, um, three of their last four actually. So, yeah. Good luck with good luck with that
0: Chile. They did play. I, I can't remember Argentina playing friendlies in December, but Chile played a couple. Actually, just let me check whether Argentina did. Uh, no, in case they, I'm didn't, forgetting, they didn't. But they didn't, did they? So there was that kind of weird, not quite a full international break when some countries played friendlies. And Chile played two friendlies. They played one against Mexico, uh, which they drew two-two uh, in somewhere in the United States. I think it was, wasn't it? Oh, it doesn't say here. Anyway. Uh, and then a few days after that they played el salvador and got a 1-0 win uh if we have any salvadorian listeners that was in california um if we have any salvadorian listeners then you know apologies this is not meant to uh you know disparage the el salvador national football team but a 1-0 win over el salvador is not the kind of um resounding victory that they would have probably been hoping for and obviously as you just said Santi their last World Cup qualifier uh, was that um, when when Vidal uh, got that red card it was a 2-0 defeat at home to Ecuador prior to that they had three wins in a row uh, away to Par- sorry in reverse order so going from the most recent to the furthest away in time it was a 1-0 win away to Paraguay a 3-0 win at home to Venezuela and before both of those a 2-0 win at home to Paraguay um but, you know, three, nil, three wins in a row with two of them coming against the same side to a similarly out of form and the other one being a home match against Venezuela. <sighs> What's happened to them? You know, they, they, they've, they've dropped off a cliff so much in, in recent years. And I think we've talked about this before. I, I think that a lot of it is down to the fact that they've got so many members of that starting eleven, in particular who have played like 150 games for them almost. They've just been around forever and they don't seem to have their legs and they they need to refresh the team, don't they? But successive managers have decided not to do so. It just seems strange.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So
0: So that's Chile. Um, Prior to those matches against Venezuela and Paraguay, they had a defeat against Peru, a defeat against Colombia, a draw away to Ecuador, a narrow defeat at home to Brazil. Um, you know, that that last one's nothing to be too displeased about, obviously, but generally speaking, rather out of sorts. Next week, Argentina take on Colombia. So what's Colombia's form looking like? It's a little bit better. They managed a 2-1 win um, at home, possibly. Let me just check where it was played. Uh, oh God, again, it doesn't say where it was. Uh, but with Juan Fernando Quintero scoring the opening goal, against Honduras just last week. In fact, was it the 16th? Is that last week? Or two weeks ago? No, that that's is, 10 days ago. Yeah, 16th. week week and a half ago on Sunday. Um, they, they got a 2-1 win against Honduras. Uh, Juan Fernando Quintero, incidentally, I'm delighted to report, is signing for River again. He's obviously not going to be a particularly important part of the team, but he's back in Argentine football, and that's going to be one of the things that I'm not going to be angry about when we come to review the domestic league and the um, transfer market. Hmm. You can probably guess what I'm displeased about there. Uh, But prior to that, (laughs) Colombia had drawn an awful lot of games in World Cup qualifying. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In the last eight matches, they have picked up six draws, one win, 3-1 win against Chile, and one defeat, which was nil 1-0 uh, against Brazil. Uh, of those draws, we've got two 1-1s back in September, uh, and then one two three four nil 3 0s uh, in October and November. So we're probably not going to see a thriller minute um, when they come to, I was about to say, Come, come to Buenos Aires, but of course that match isn't in Buenos Aires, is it? Is it San Juan? Um, I think it's going to be in Mendoza. Mendoza, actually. that's the one, yes. But um, Argentina should be favourites for it again. I mean, the draws have been against Uruguay, Brazil, Ecuador and Paraguay uh, have been the nil-nils. And prior to that, there was a 1-1 against Paraguay and a 1-1 away to Bolivia. Um there are teams sort of searching for an identity a bit when I can't remember after which of those matches they let that uh, they changed managers at some point, didn't they?
1: Uh, Colombia. Am I remembering I this right? Can't really remember, but I think it was early in qualifying. It and might have been they... early in qualifying, but I thought actually, yeah, because
0: Kairos went at some point quite some time ago, didn't they? And Reynaldo Roedas is still in charge now. So, yeah, he was in charge for the last for the Copa America, I think. So, I'm making this up. Uh,
1: They have not changed much. Yeah, he was definitely in charge for the Copa America.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, they still just look like they're searching for a a bit of an identity and and scrambling around a bit. Uh, I don't know what their squad looks like at the moment, though.
1: Mm, As in who's been called up for this these last couple of
0: of rounds. But Argentina will be starting. Someone we
1: definitely have to um, be on the lookout for, of course, is uh, Ruiz Diaz, who is, of course, the Subject of a, mm. of a rumored, you know, Premier League move to Tottenham, who is actually one of the trickiest wingers, I would say, even in Europe right now. He's, he's incredibly um pacey and uh and also like really really talented with the ball on his feet. He's uh he's at a Great, great finishing as well. I think it's like a really complete winger and was someone who really made us suffer, of course, in the semifinal of the Copa America. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think if there was someone who we should be a little, you know, on the lookout for, is definitely Diaz.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Any team with him in the side is is going to be a real threat if if they can keep it tight and one of the things that you know having just read out their last eight results uh one of the things that you will have noted is that they can certainly keep it tight um there aren't going to be very many goals in it so without Messi Argentina are going to have to be at their best uh I mean even with Messi they would have to be at their best to to get around Colombia uh home advantage I think is going to be just about enough there and am I right in thinking that there are going to be quite limited tickets available for that one as well
1: I haven't delved into the topic yet, but I, I'm not exactly sure that's the case because uh, I haven't heard anything about, um, you know, some reduced uh, capacity for stadiums uh, or any changes uh, given the the current COVID situation. So
0: It might have been that I misread a headline a few days ago and it was actually referring to the Chile match that we've already talked about Um
1: yeah, that could be the case, but I think uh, there, there's going to be full capacity at Mendoza. I mean, there hasn't been any indications of the country anyway.
0: Um. Yeah, no, there's no mention of that here. Actually, just prices. It doesn't mention that, that they have been limited. Be interesting to see whether that holds up, given the numbers at the moment. The the uh the case numbers uh being high, obviously four the benefits of those of you listening who are not in Argentina, um, Argentina's had high case numbers along with everywhere else for, due to the Omicron wave, but also hospitalizations and deaths have been going up a bit because there was such a an apparently good job. And, you know, at the time when we were all suspicious of it, but given what's now happening, um, it seems like it actually was the case at the time that they managed to keep a relative cap on Delta getting out into the community until they couldn't anymore. And as a result, Delta got out at just the same time that Omicron arrived. And so we've got a slightly weird and longer lasting wave uh, than the very short, sharp peak that many places have reported with Omicron at the moment. Uh, And I'm going to be interested to see whether they decide to, you know, they being the authorities, obviously decide to um, put some limits on attendances um, at some of the bigger stadiums when the domestic league starts up again. But that's still
1: two weeks away, I think. One, yeah, it yeah top, two, it, two and a half it, weeks away. Stop. It doesn't start until the, the, the second the weekend of, of February. February. So, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Um, anyway, on that note, I think that's all for this week. Uh, it's been a short, sharp and sweet one because we wanted to get a national team preview up. And as I say, we'll be recording the domestic uh, preview properly in a short while. Uh, well, in a in a week or two's time, uh, but for now, thank you very much indeed for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss Argentina's performances in these two matches. Uh, thank you and goodbye from Santi
1: See you around, guys.
0: And from me, thank you and goodbye.